Okay, so tell me a little bit about the uh, um, Asperger Autism Network and how it all came about. Sure. So AME um, was founded uh, back in 1996, so it's 27 years old. And basically, it was a group of um, parents and adults and professionals who all felt like there weren't really services for this population. And so they got together and held a conference and then said, do people want to, you know, what else do we need? And and AENI was born that way, but really from its beginning, um, AENI, one of the things that really drew me to AENI um, was the mixture of family members, autistic adults and neurodivergent adults and teens and professionals all working together um, to provide services and supports and community for um, the folks who want to come to us. So AENI, um, we're based in the Boston area and we serve folks across the United States. We, um, we basically, our services fall into three main buckets or categories of service. Um, or, or I can just be more general and then I'll get into the services, but um, People come to us, I would say the big reason people come to us is because they're feeling isolated or like they've never met another person like themselves. And so they find us online and they, um, they often say it's the first place they feel like people really got them and understood what their life was like. So we serve autistic adults, autistic teens, um, family members of autistic individuals of any age and professionals. So I'll stop there, Leslo. Um, uh, and I guess the one thing um, I'd add, I, I think people tell us that all the time, <clears throat> but also that was my experience as a parent. I have a 27 year old autistic trans daughter and um, I came to Amy when she was very young looking for community and looking for other parents who understood and looking to see, um, you know, what autistic folks in the community, um, what, what their lives were like um, to think of a future for her. And it was really, uh, I talked to someone on the phone and I felt like, oh my gosh, this is my heart and my home forever. And I, I just wanted to support the organization any way I could after that time. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, you know, what services do you provide at, at your organization? Yeah, so at AANE, um, I'm starting to get into this, but I thought, oh, let me, let me hold off on that. Um, at AANE, we, there are basically three types of buckets of services. So I think the first one is, it's very individualized. So, you know, no, there's no one size fits all. Um, people can call us or email us. And it's all on our website, aene.org, the contact us section. And someone will email or call them back answering their specific question, helping them um, understand what AENE can offer them, as well as just understanding autism. Lots of adults um, call or email us and say, I think I might be autistic. How do I find out? Do I need a diagnosis? So we do a lot of those types of calls. 
Um, we also have coaching for parents, for um, neurodiverse couples or partners, and for adults and teens. So if you'd like someone to help you kind of think through what's going on in your life or goals you have for yourself, you know, a coach who really understands autism and being autistic can help with that or being a parent of someone who's autistic. Um, so it's those individuals. And then we have um, case management services, which basically are about how to help autistic adults live um, as independently as they would like to. And so we have um, a service that helps with that as well. Then the second kind of bucket of service is group services, support groups, social groups, interest-based groups. You know, the biggest issue often that people come to us or one of the biggest issues is isolation and feeling lonely and not feeling connected. So we run a number of groups online that people can access from anywhere and they get to meet other people like themselves often for the first time. And um, so there, we do a lot of groups for autistic women, um, for the LGBTQ plus community, because we know that um, like transgender folks, for example, are three to six times more likely to be autistic. And so we have a lot of groups supporting teens and adults and family members. Um, and then we have interest-based groups. So we have groups uh, for book clubs and hiking groups and um, science and technology groups and a writer's workshop. So we have all different kinds of groups based on people's interests, movies, um, you name it, we've probably had it, at games nights, all those things. And then the third bucket is really education and training. We do a lot of, you know, training out in the community, a lot of, um, there's a lot of overlap with mental health and autism. And so we do a lot of training of mental health professionals about how to work well with autistic clients. Um, we also work with schools. Um, we also work with businesses and corporations who have neurodiversity hiring initiatives and wanna create a neurodiverse workforce. And so we'll work with them to really understand what that would look like in practice and how to fully support autistic folks and other neurodivergent folks in the workplace, not just in hiring, but in really maintaining employment and, and being truly inclusive. Um, so I think those are, those are the three big buckets, I would say. Mm -hmm. My next my my next question is, and I know you kind of leaned into it, was like, what kind of stakeholders you partner with um, closely? Yeah. Um, well, I would say that any one things I've always really liked about it is that uh, taking people's feedback is really important to us. We like to be super responsive to folks, so we have about. Um, I would say on average about five to 600 folks contacting us every month. So we learn a lot about what people are looking for. We also, um, you know, get feedback on our groups after every group ends or workshop or anything like that ends. We ask folks what was helpful, what wasn't helpful. Um, 
what they'd like to see. So I think we get a lot of feedback from autistic adults, um, family members of autistic individuals of any age and professionals. So it's really important to us to get that um, feedback. And then all those folks, our board, our staff, our committees, we have autistic individuals on those as well as um, family members and professionals. So that collaboration among all those different perspectives really informs what direction we go in. Mm-hmm. My next question is, you know, what impact does the organization have on the disability community? You talked a little bit about, you know, oftentimes, you know, parents don't often or people with disabilities don't often know who to turn to, you know. Um, so like, how does like AANE basically establish that networking and that connection for, for those individuals who like, who like, they are like there for the first time and yeah, don't know who to turn to. So if you could talk a bit about that. Sure. Um, it's a great question. So I think it's one of the strongest things we do. We have a lot of different ways for people to connect with each other through uh, like group drop-in groups that you can just try one and um, you don't have to commit to like a series of sessions of a group or anything. And so a lot of times people will come to a workshop or um, like just, I wanna understand autism better. So they come to one of our introductory workshops or they join one of the drop-in kind of open groups and they listen a lot the first time and sometimes they share and they feel much more um, connected and they tell us, you know, we hear this all the time, you're the first place that kind of got me. And um, the other thing that happens is people come sign up for things over and over again. So they feel like, they're finding other folks who get them, who understand them. They're finding the information they need. They're getting either the support through coaching or that individualized one-on-one -on -one conversations with us. Um, and I think, you know, the impact that we hear is people, they say, yes, I would absolutely recommend AME. Yes, I would come back and do something else. Um, so we do surveys and we ask for feedback a lot, which I think helps. So we get a lot of that. I think the other piece is when we do get feedback where people say, you know, I'd love to see this or if something didn't work well for them, that's just as important. Like it's great to hear when things go well. We hear a lot of that and that people feel like AENI can be a life-changing place for them. That's great that tells us we're on the right track. And there are those people for whom, you know, maybe they didn't have a good experience the first time, or maybe they tried to reach out and they didn't get what they needed. And so we wanna hear from those people too, so we can continue to improve and better understand where we might've fallen short and um, help them get what they need. If it's from AEME or if we can help them get what they need from another place, we're happy to do that too. Mm-hmm. My last question is, how do you sort of combat the stigma of disability and ableism from your perspective as an organization? Because I've heard lots of stories where like this, like currently um, our society, you know, the system has not been adequately built 
for people with disabilities. So I'm wondering what your take is on that as an organization. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. You know, things are not set up from a disability lens or lived experience, you know. And so I think for years and years, um, the expectation was really the person themselves needs to change to fit into the world around them, more the medical model of disability. And I think at AE, we really focus on the social model of disability that, you know, the world is not set up for disabled people or autistic people. It's set up and the expectations are around people who aren't autistic and aren't disabled. Um, so a lot of that is helping people, autistic folks, disabled folks know, like how helping them feel confident in advocating. I think that's a big piece and helping, we do a lot of, um, in our trainings, we have a lot of autistic individuals and neurodivergent individuals at those trainings talking about what it's like um, for them to be autistic or disabled in a world that isn't set up for them. And I think it's really illuminating to people who have never thought about that, who have never had to think about it. And they just don't even realize they have this perspective and mindset um, that is ableist because they've just never thought about it that way. And so a lot of it is just helping people see the, how the world is set up and how it could be different. And I think that's really powerful when people, that perspective gets expanded. Um, and then I think it's a lot of education. We do a lot of training with organizations and corporations and schools about, again, the social model of disability. The locus is on the difficulty comes from the environment and how things are set up. And um, if we can create environments that are really inclusive for autistic folks and disabled folks, then, you know, we can have environments where we don't have all this ableist um, thinking uh, surrounding everything. So for instance, like at our office, people can work 100 because we know it's better if people can take breaks and don't have to be in one space with lots of noise and, um, you know, there are really simple things you can do, like noise canceling headphones and allowing that, not making people sit and stay still for those who need to get up and move around and can do that. Um, or we just, we just did our annual meeting. We had a panel of our staff talk about autistic joy. And that's an example of like, you know, really understanding and thinking about disability and thinking about autism that's our area of focus in disability as a culture and understanding like, just like we have to be culturally competent regardless of who we're working with and, and understand other people's culture and have folks on staff with lived experience and all of that. Um, autism and disability has a culture too. And um, really to, to just bring that way of thinking out more, I think um, it's really, 
people, we got a lot of comments after that saying, wow, I'd never thought about it like that. And, and that's really good. That's a step forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good.